while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. Hey, Marcus. Um, so at the end of the last hour, we were talking about, we talked about the ballot question the last hour, but we have one local ballot question. Yes. Which is, um, I don't know what the number is going to be on it, but it'll be on whether or not to join the MBTA district for New Bedford to join. I think it's a no-brainer. Okay. But my concerns are, Marcus, that after all the work that's been done by Mark Montigny, the rest of the members, Bill Strauss, certainly, uh, all the members of the legislative delegation, right? Tony Cabral. I mean, these guys have been, literally, they've worked, Chris Markey, they worked their whole careers, right? Particularly Montigny and Strauss. They worked their whole career. And, and Cabral, they, they've been yeah. there for a long time. Right. I mean, we, Strauss is the chairman of the Transportation Committee. Right. Right. Now it's going to come down to a local ballot question. All right. Yeah. It seems to me that a lot is being assumed that shouldn't be assumed about the electorate. That a law is being, where is the the ballot question committee? Where is, I'll say, the Chamber of Commerce? We know they're in favor of this. Where is the yes on ballot question, whatever the number is, right? A local committee to pass the ballot question. We've seen them do it in the past when they did the mayor's four-year term, right, as yeah. an example. We know people know how to do it. It should be left to more than just you and I on South Coast tonight, right? Right. To advocate for this. Not that we don't have a significant influence, but I shouldn't be the only person. You shouldn't be the only person. There are people with more information. There are people who are elected by the voters. And, and so a few a few months ago, just because this, this topic's been kind of cold, no one's talked about it since, and we don't want you to stumble into a voting booth and be like, well, you know, you know what do I do now, right? I don't want to see sticker shock. Right. Well, the thing is, is so I had um, Josh Ostroff on a couple months ago from the uh, Transportation for Massachusetts, which is a major uh, transportation advocacy organization that I think New Bedford is a like an affiliate or a member of Mayor Mitchell signed them up for. Right. So um, what he, he what Josh had said was uh, because that we are uh, in a regional transit authority, basically that. Uh, the 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 price tag from the MBTA is going to be taken from CERTA. And the allocation that we pay in CERTA, New, Bed New Bedford pays for CERTA, is 1.2 to 1.3 million. So some of that funding is going to be diverted to to the MBTA to, to fund the MBTA district. And he said it's going to be probably a negligible amount. Uh, and he said, but he also said that could be a problem for CERTA. Right. Right. That could be a problem for CERTA, um, but we're not sure how that's going to get addressed. 508-996-0500 is how you get in the program, though. Good evening. You're live. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. What's up? 
Well, you know, we had this conversation a week ago. Yes. And we still don't have a number. We don't. And the part that bothers me, uh, particularly when it comes to Serta, uh, and, and Serta, by the way, all those bus drivers, you know, serving the public during COVID never got uh, a bonus like other, other uh, employees really? did throughout the state. Yeah, and, and that's a shame. I rode that bus for a couple of years uh, due to a, a car accident I was involved in. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like uh, caused my car to go to yeah, but uh, I, I I enjoyed it. It was professional service, on time most of the time. Yes, and these people that drive these buses, the stuff they had to deal with was unbelievable. I agree. Uh, I agree. I was on the board of Serta for a few years. Um, yep. We didn't have a lot of service in Freetown, and we didn't need it. Um, but I agree with you. They they are a great service, and uh, the drivers do put up with hell. Yeah, I mean, the, the COVID situation, honestly, I ended up throwing a girl off the bus because of her behavior. And, I mean, and I was a passenger. Right. And, I mean, that's how rowdy it got uh, uh, on buses. And these folks were professional to the dime. And, and it bothers me that they never got a bonus. I, I, I'm even of the opinion that if there's any uh, opera money hanging around, that, you know, give them $1,000, there's 50 bus drivers, cost 50 grand. And at least lift up their spirits. Now, when we're coming back at them and saying, okay, uh, the Serta bus budget is going to be cut and nobody can give us a number, that bothers me. And it isn't that I'm, I'm going to vote against it. Of course, I'm going to vote for it. Uh, but somebody somewhere should have that number. And uh, even if it is negligible, negligible to... Abington is a lot different than New Bedford. Absolutely. So, Tom, I'll just, um, I love this conversation. I think it's very important. You and I both know that the last thing you want to do is have the voters go in without all the information. Because if you, if you don't have all the information, you feel like something's being put over on you. Yeah. Whether it right. is or it's not, right? And I don't think right. anything is. But I'll tell you something, Marcus, in your, in your, um, conversa- your recollection of the conversation with um, the gentleman from the Transportation Authority, um, I take a step back to him on the information, but here's how I understand it, which just shows you the confusion level. I've gone out and read a couple of the budgets from area towns. Yeah. When I read, I looked at Freetown's, okay? Freetown's contribution is, let's say, around $30,000, yeah. right? They then subtract the amount of money they give to CERTA, and then the balance of that is what gives goes to the MBTA. Okay. So that's how I, but but that's my interpretation. Yes. And I'm not going to question that man's opinion because he deals with it, right? Yeah, he's an expert. But I'm right. saying that, I'm telling you, and, that's how I read it. And he cited, he said his his hometown in uh, in Natick, you know, and they, they have the Metro West uh, Regional Transit Authority. Right. They uh, have a similar deal in which the money from the, what, they actually signed up to be an MBTA district before they signed on to the Metro West uh, Transit Authority or something like that. And then okay. the fee that they pay Metro West ends up being, I guess, diverted into the MBTA as well. So I guess it's all one big pot. Again, that, I get that, does, that does speak to, he did openly say, he's like, it's not like if you're cutting money from CERTA, there are services that you might that that might be impacted right. by that. And, and here's the thing. Right. We don't want to have, at the last minute, you know, one of our more informed voters, Tom, going in and saying, wait a second, you mean you guys are going to cut CERTA because he's, he believes that's what's going to happen, right? Um, right? We need some of the leadership here to get out and tell us what the heck somebody, is really going to happen. Somebody needs to say, basically, 
um, you know, somebody needs to uh, say basically like, uh, okay, we're going to lose this from Serta. Right. And we're going to do this instead. To make sure. Right. To make sure right. that you get your services, right? Right. I right. need to, we're, we're, you know. We're going we're gonna to put up some opera money. If it's $200,000 going to the MBTA, we're going to shoot $200,000 over to Serta. Something and, to that effect. Yeah, and, and again, yeah. I don't know. We probably need a more back long, a long term solution than ARPA money, but maybe as a stopgap in between. Sure. And yeah. also, there is a formula. It's based on population and, and estimated ridership. Right. Whatever that formula is, why don't you just tell us? Yeah. And plug it in. Now, Tom, as you know, the MBTA puts out bonds. Okay, that's how the whole thing works. That's right. And the contributing communities, of which New Bedford's going to decide to become one, becomes obligated for the bonds. That's why it's such a such a such a good bond, really, on the market. <clears throat> All that stuff has to be spelled out. People go to jail if you if you don't do the bond papers right. Okay. Right. If, right. You know. It's a very serious matter. It's a serious financial transaction using all of the biggest banks in America, okay? So this is not up to question. People know what the figures are. Right. Why don't they right. just tell us? That's right. Why don't they just <laughs> right. tell us? Come on! And tell us before <laughs> November. Because the last yeah. thing we need, Tom, is somebody who sees an opportunity here to create a problem. That's right. Right. That's right. Exactly and there's right. plenty of people... In city government, in particular, but uh, in general, or just in general, who want to be in city who are carnival parkers, right? Yeah, right. So yeah. the other thing, uh, you know, the other ballot question on the, the dental thing. Yes. Now, now, does that mean people with false teeth don't get to vote? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I do the jokes around here, Tom. <laughs> hey, is Dunn coming on tonight? No, no done tonight. No. He'll he'll no be back. Tonight. We're we're gonna do we're gonna do that more often, but he'll be back sometime soon. Yeah, because I was wondering, you know, if if Kushner, who got the two billion, how much was that, Chris? Two billion from Saudi Arabia. If he, yes, if, he feel, if, if he feels uh, uh, to to comply with uh, the Saudi Arabian government and gets called back over there, and they say, hey, where's our money? And and he doesn't have it. And they chop off his head. Would you be? <laughs> would you be willing to date Bianca? <laughs> so if I, so first of all, if I was Jared Kushner, I would not meet my Saudi bankers in the in the Turkish embassy. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't leave the United yeah. States of America. And by the way, they just might discover that he's not an Arab when they get him over there. Right. <laughs> well done, guys. Good hearing you. Yes. You know, it's funny. Um, uh, there's that whole live golf tournament thing going on, right? Which is interesting. Like, I don't care about golf, but I'm interested in the in sort of the politics of it. Um, but Trump is big is a big supporter of live now, right? And he said because uh, you know there's reason to believe that Saudi Arabia had uh, some involvement in 9/11. Given 15 of the 19 hijackers were were Saudi Arabian, and yes. they were uh, the some the hijackers were also like housed by uh, the uh, ambassador to Saudi Arabia. A few other a few other. Reasons. I think there's some classified U.S. documents that we still want to see. Right? Well, that's the point. Trump said, "Well, you know, it's a shame we never got to the bottom of it." Like, bro, you were president for four years. He declassified JFK assassination <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, you were president. You could have just declassified whatever you wanted. Well, he did. He thought about it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good point. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, pull up the trains, the eastward bound. What's that? You never heard the uh, old song from Savoy Brown? 
Tell Mama he's talking about more. That's a Eastwood bow. No, I've I haven't. I haven't heard your version of it. <laughs> You've heard, yeah. You, McCarthy's heard it. <laughs> uh, but that guy, that last guy, like you, that guy. Uh, Tom's good. He's t- he's talking about the uh, bus. Buses in the bus terminal, man. This girl came up to me today and asked me if I want to smoke crack. And I, What'd you say? Did you oblige her? her get, what I did you say? I told her to get lost. Did you have to bring your own crack, or was she going to provide it? Oh, she could get some good stuff, real good stuff. Nice. So I got to come up with the money. <laughs> So it was, it was an issue. It was a matter of means, not of yeah, want. Exactly. Yeah, it's a matter of she wants my money. She oh, oh she, she said, if you give me money, I'll give you the best crack. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Are you sure you're not misunderstanding what she was saying? She's going to rip me off. That's what, it, that's what she's saying. Yeah. A of this is a family show, sir. We, um... <laughs> I've been around here for 13 years. I've seen it all. I've seen the tricks. I'm in recovery myself. Right. I know. I know the <laughs> no, no, no. no. So, 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 obviously, you turned her down. Um, the uh, yeah, the bus station is a big problem. The mayor does not appreciate the the antics that go on there. And the sex offenders down there and stuff, and nobody's keeping an eye on them, and they're talking to kids. And I haven't I haven't known that to happen. Do you? How do you know? Well, I don't know, but how do you know the sex offenders down there? The cops, um, well, the thing is, the cops know who they are. Yeah. Um, I know. I noticed one day, um, I, I noticed one from the Massachusetts section. You can look him right up. The picture's right, yeah. right there. And I started, decided to look one day of all the sex offenders in the area. Yes, you know, five or six of them down there. One of them being a female that's the only female sex offender in New Bedford. She's been down there. And it seems like she's down there when the uh, kids are getting out of school. She did something to a uh, young. All right, man. All right, man. going to get me fired. All right, man. I want to move off this. I want to move off this topic, please. I'm going to make a joke <laughs> here, <laughs> and I'm going to get fired. So, yeah, I'm going to move off this topic, please. I know you like me, so you don't want to see that happen to me. Oh, I hate those. Never mind. But. <laughs> Um, as far as the trains go, I don't care anymore. They're, they're going to put my building up for sale anyway. They're doing a um, thing where the bank comes in and looks at the uh, house. Um, an assessment. Okay. Doing an assessment on the building, and they're going to come in and look in the house. And I've been through this before, too. So just a matter of time for my building goes up for sale. So now me and the girlfriend are going to plan on finding out where we're going to move, where, what we can afford, all that. It's thrill headache. It's going to be a lot of people going to be in that situation with this. There really yeah. are going to be a lot of people in this situation. Um, okay. There's a lot of upside to the train, um, but there is going to be upheaval. There is going to yeah. be. Yeah, every time they put a train in, this happens anyway. Right? <laughs> yep. I've lived in other places. When they put commuter rails in, the rents always go up and things go for sale. and It's crazy. Um, I don't know. I hope I can make it here through the winter anyway. It's getting cold out. That's a pain to move in the winter. Yes. But if I can just make it through here through the winter and save some money, that's the goal. But I'm going to be looking for places. So that's all I can do. 
Hey, best of luck on that, man. Thanks, brother. Thanks for the call. I know they are building a lot downtown, but I don't know when they're going to be I ready. Always, so you know, people always ask me, like, they don't always ask, but sometimes when people are like, hey, can you help me move? I always say no. Right. Because I never ask anybody to help me move. So <laughs> I, I hire movers. Like, nope, I hire movers. So, so my brother has that exact same policy. I, I One day yeah. he, he moved and I said, so you didn't call anybody? He goes, no, no, man. He goes, I don't help people move and I don't want them to help me. I'll yeah. tell you, though, it's a good way to learn about somebody is to move with them. I help Dennis Farias, the city council clerk, uh, him move. What do you got on him? No, he, he's, a, he's a good guy <laughs> to move with. So is Dennis Lawrence. Okay? okay. Dennis Lawrence at the time was a city councilor. Now he's the assistant clerk. Um, I moved a house with those guys, a real house. We moved a full house from one end of New Bedford to the other. Lifted it up from the foundation. It, was, it, it, it seemed like it. And Dennis Lawrence is not a grab one lamp type of guy. Um, he's not a grab the light end of the couch. No, I mean, really. I'm a grab a lamp guy. You're, no, you're, you're, <laughs> so, so Dennis Farias and Dennis Lawrence. I moved to house them. That I can give. I can give them character witnesses. They're both good guys I'm, to move stuff. So, with. Chris, I'm going to take a break so yeah. we can veer back on topic when we uh, when we come back. So, this is South Coast Night with uh, Chris and Marcus on a Friday night. Podcast, the off air podcast. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. So, I'm trying to think, like. So we're talking about the MBTA thing, the the the, the ballot question that you need to vote yes on, right? Because um, we don't want to present the. I, I think that the well, Bedford, because the, the idea the legislature is just going to ignore the vote of the of the voters, I don't think it's so. All you're going to do is look that simple. All you're going to do is look cantankerous. But which, I also think, Marcus, that the legislature is not just going to willy-nilly ignore the will of the voters. They may say, all right. I think they will. Well, there's too much much investment put in there. It's not something that we should hope for, right? Yeah. That that that's the, that's, that should not be the, 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 um, the saver. Right. It ought to be that the, that the elected officials of New Bedford, not just the two guys yucking it up on the radio in the evening, are the advocates for this, and they come forward. I mean, I thought Scott Lang made a nice presentation he did. for it. Yeah. Um, and I thought other people have, 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 have casually mentioned it, right? Mm-hmm. But where is the big ballot question? Where is the committee, Marcus, that says vote yes on whatever? I don't even know the number. Yeah, I don't know if it's an... Yeah, right. And if they have to put a number on the ballot question, for instance, we did tax overrides in the in the communities, my recollection is to to build a school, for instance, probably two and to, a half overrides. Yeah, you'd have to put a number in there. It was a little bit general, but yeah. it was in the ballpark. You'd have to put a number. There's so much going to be per per household, right? So people had an idea what they were going to pay. Those ballots got to go to print soon, right? So that number has got to go to print soon. You'd so think. that no, but someone knows it. Someone knows it. Someone knows it. Why are they acting? Like it's a big secret. They're only they're only creating an opportunity for shenanigans. Right. And believe me, I'm all for shenanigans. Well, there's gonna be but plenty this is of too serious. There's gonna be plenty of shenanigans soon because after the general election, we'll be pivoting to the city elections. <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> when the Talk levy about breaks. When, yeah, the when the levy breaks, breaks yeah. right? It is yeah. gonna be beautiful. In- I mean the I, I imagine a scenario in which 
Like, this is, and it'll be good for us. <laughs> Just because it's good for us doesn't mean, mean it's, it's good, good for you. For, right. It'll be good for us. It'll be a lot of fun. But imagine a scenario in which Mitchell gets called up to Healy's administration. There is now an election in the city council floor for uh for um for the who's going to be the interim mayor yes and then there is going to be a special election for mayor then maybe someone like state rep hendricks or state rep cabral runs for mayor right their seat they win their seat becomes open for a special election for a special election the dominoes are falling any one of the city councilors is probably uh, uh, eligible for one of those seats. Right. Then they run for that seat. And Marcus, don't we have to fill the seat of the city council for the guy who becomes I mayor? I believe, so let's say it's a councilor at large. So that's the thing. Um, I don't know if you, I think I think if you're acting, you might be able to keep your seat. But let's say that person, let's say there's an elevation to... Um, let's say there's an L this is an issue that they ran into in Boston actually where uh, Kim Janey was the acting mayor and so they were supposed to be because uh, Marty Walsh had left right. and so they were talking about it Marty Walsh had left I think on a particular day in what like he left he left at the he he left at a, a time where this didn't happen, but he almost didn't and there, there was a there was a question around it whether or not the city of Boston would have a special election before the general election and what they did was they passed an ordinance saying no we're just going to have the general we're just going to have the general election we're okay. not going to do you know we're not going to do extra elections okay and when you had city councilors that were running for mayor obviously right. acting city councilors that were that were part of that uh discussion but um so what I'm trying to say is, I think if that seat were to va be vacated, I think the, the at-large seat, the at-large seat, I think the city council fills themselves. I believe they do, Marcus. And the the ward seat, I believe, would have to be a special election. Right. So there's a lot of things potentially on the horizon. I yeah, like I said, I think it would. <laughs> I think it would. Um, I definitely think it would. Like it can't happen. Like it can be this crazy. It's so, well within the it's a well within the, the, the realm of possibilities. So I, I think that when you look at um uh governor uh, the potential of Governor Healy, um I think that that's the inevitability of Governor Healy. Right. Yeah. Then she's gotta fill out her cabinet. And mm -hmm. I think when you look around the state, and maybe I'm a little uh, a little biased here, but I think John Mitchell uh fills the bill for a lot of her p potential appointees. Um, yeah, and um, not that I want to see John go, but I think he—I think it's maybe a nice opportunity for him, and I mm -hmm. wouldn't want to see him hold back. Um, and so John is gone. Then what? Yeah, <laughs> right. And that scenario, folks, is very reasonable. And on top of that, here's the thing: if he were to leave early, I mean, there's the possibility that he just decides to, like, there's a there's a possibility that that he just. Like he he waits it out and you know there's there's no issue here but um if he I don't think that's true Marcus actually I think yeah. that January she wants her team in place yeah right so I would say that um and and I and I think John would want to be going through the door with her first yeah right I don't think he wants to be on the on the replacement crew so he yeah so there's a chance that because it's it would be. Not during election season. If they had, if they if they had to do a special election before the general election, then 
nobody has anything to lose by running by running for that seat. That's correct. So nobody nobody on the council has to give up their city council seat to run. Let's say in February. Same thing with the state reps. They don't have to give up anything at all anyway. Nothing. So there is a lot to consider. There is so the field, Marcus, I'm glad you just put it that way because so let's assume the special election John leaves in January. Special election in February, mm-hmm. all right, which is a brutal time to have an election. But let's say, yeah, now you have tell all it to the, Martha Coakley, right? <laughs> you know, so don't invite her here to the Ken Pittman show. Yeah, so um, so you have a scenario. You're right, where any one of the state elected officials could run for mayor without giving up their seat. County commissioners could give it up, could run right. for mayor without giving up their seat. Right. You have state reps, all the city councilors. Anybody that ever fantasized about being mayor could run and not lose anything, not give up anything. So you could have a a really robust field of candidates. You know, there's a time they talk about when there was 14 legitimate candidates running for mayor. I think it was the 1970s, one of them, including a talk show host from WBSM. Really? I don't know if he was then or if it was later. Yeah. Cousin Dave. Um, ran. Oh, yeah, yeah. You had an well, he was enormous... A city, he was a city councilor. He was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he ran for mayor. Yeah. You had an enormous field of mayoral candidates. Yeah. And I can see that scenario coming again. Yeah. I really can. I could I could see... I And I... Again, I hope it happens because I think it would be a lot of fun for us. I mean, there's going to be... I think there's going to be a little bit of movement. Um, I think there's going to be a little bit of movement... Uh, you know, I don't know if I mean Mayor may, maybe Mayor Mitchell stays on for another four year term. But well, that's possible. I think he's. I mean, and maybe we're reading too much into you know with Healy and all that. But Healy speaks of him so effusively, right? That I I, I got to imagine that he's at least being considered for a position there. So I think John Mitchell, when you look at him, he's very clean. He's been in the public eye for a number of years. Yeah, over a decade. Right, and so. You don't have to worry about him, right? right. He does. He doesn't. Get, he's, there's no potential pickup there, right? right? Which is always a problem because yeah. usually that happens every time a new administration, Republican or Democrat, comes in. There's always a hiccup with somebody, right? Yeah. So you know that John Mitchell's a safe choice, yes. right? Um, the other thing. That, I, I've, by the way, I've already got the. Power mayoral power rankings column written. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Marcus, I, I think that you I'm going to piss some people off with it. But. Oh, I think so. You, yeah. it, what, why not me? So yeah, right. The um, yeah. The reality. And I'll tell them is, is that <laughs> you have some people who are reading the tea leaves. Yeah. And making moves. Mm-hmm. Some people who are going to find out at the last minute. Yeah. Right. We're reading the tea leaves and they're actually, it's actually romaine lettuce. 508 is how you can get in the kale, program. Kale. kale, kale, that's good. Good evening, you're live. Yes, good evening. Hey, Joe. my friend. Yes, my friend, how you doing? Good, good. Uh, if John Mitchell leaves in January, how much time is left on his term, on his four-year term? A year. A year. Yeah. Okay. Now, 
And that, so if he leaves in January, he has it'll be exactly one year. Okay. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, the last time I remember somebody leaving was when John A. Markey became a uh, judge. Judge. Yeah, right. And at that time, Nelson Macedo, I believe it was, became the acting mayor. Am I correct? Am I incorrect? You are correct. Okay. Was there a special election then? There was a special election um, to fill the remainder, I believe, of the term. Um, but I have to tell you something. I was not really, neither was Marcus, paying attention so much. So I have to go from memory. Because um, then you had um, Cynthia Kruger stepped in somehow. Do you remember that? No, I, I just remember Nelson being the mayor for a short period of time. I don't know how much of Marcus' term was left. I hope Tom Kennedy's still yeah, listening. Yeah, because he would know. I, I, I just wonder the, the necessity for a special election. I, the, is this something that's in the... Yeah, Cynthia, Cynthia Kruger served as acting mayor following Markey's resignation from 82 to 83. Nelson Macedo then ser succeeded Kruger as council president and thus served uh, served as acting mayor until a special election was held. And then it was uh, then it was Mayor Lawler. So okay, so, so Kruger so they, stepped down. So they finished out... Uh, yes. Marky's term is what you're telling me. So right? two two city council presidents in in secession filled out Marky's term. So what is the necessity for a special election? Well, so here's what we understand. There's been some changes since then. In the charter? Yes. The that's my understanding. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a vote of the city council. If they cannot vote for an acting mayor... <laughs> Then automatically the president be, becomes... That is going to be a nightmare. So what happens is, if they can't find a candidate for special... for To fill out the mayor's term... I don't see it happening. Then the president is elevated to the act as acting mayor. Yeah. But here's the thing. To me, to me, that's the easiest way to go about it. Let Abreu finish out his year and have all the... Uh, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll uh, hold on. Uh, ...line up and let him go. There's, therein lies the rub, because... Abreu's term as city council president ends in January oh, by oh, charter. Oh, so. oh, okay, well, yeah. not now the, the the plot becomes more thick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's going to be, I mean, so if he announces he's going to leave, and I imagine that would happen sometime in November or December, then there's going to be some jockeying for the city council president role. Mm -hmm. um, and I frankly don't know. If enough of the city councilors like one person in particular to to get the votes, right? Well, you know, round up the usual suspects. You know, you'll have Brian Gomes, you'll have uh, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm Linda, Lin Linda, yeah, yeah. Um, Morad, oh, absolutely. And uh, I don't know if uh, Abreu would want to stay on and and V for it. I think he'd probably step aside. Mm. And no, no, Ian Abrams wants to be mayor. No, he's not going to give. He's not going to give way to, especially to Linda or, or Brian. He's not going to do that. You don't. Th you, you don't think. Oh so? no, 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 no. He no. wants I can to guarantee be mayor. That. I can guarantee me. that. No, I can guarantee that. He, he wants to be the mayor, and um, I think he's planning accordingly. Well, I don't know. I think he might have his eyes on maybe a higher office if some people leave. I don't. Then you're waiting around for that. That's right. that's the thing. Is is if you want to run. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with you know like you. He's not. He's you. You, you can't beat Tony Cabral. He's got 150k in the bank, well, right? Tony Cabral might want to become mayor. Well, that's the only. That's the only thing he might because he's you know he ran for mayor. So yeah. could Ian Abreu orchestrate the votes in the city council to make Tony the mayor? I don't think so. 
Can I, they wait? Can they just do that? I believe they can elect anybody. I don't think it has to be a member of the city council. That would be a real, <laughs> a real manipulation. I don't think anybody would want to do that. You know, uh, certainly not Linda. <laughs> 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 and she's good for a couple of votes, no matter which way. Like, yeah, you know. yeah, that's true. But again, I, all I can say is round up the usual suspects for the people who want to be mayor. And uh, I don't know if the the powers that be would want to see maybe somebody come from the council and be mayor in the future. Maybe they'd have someone from outside come in, too. You know? The one thing that makes this, and it's very obvious, and you know this, caller, but the difference between this vote for city council president is that this is the vote for mayor mm -hmm. and the mayor can take people along with him yeah. city council president has a limited amount to yeah. what he can do yeah. Yeah. he can make somebody the chairman of this or that or the other yeah. but but that's nothing a, a mayor can hire people yeah yeah well for let me a, ask you this question yes. this, this is a this is a, a, a thought way out there do you think the former mayor's son chris markey would want to become mayor of the city of New Bedford. He lives in Dartmouth. He lives in yeah, Dartmouth. But that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Great you, point. You, you get a place in New Bedford, uh, move into New Bedford, and that doesn't mean anything. Would you think that could be a possibility? I would never say never, but I don't see that as one of his goals. He, I mean, he seems to be pretty into the just like the, such the minutia of the policy. He's so into the minutia of the policy in Dartmouth. Like we came on, the first thing he talked about was the the overpopulation of deer and meat packing and all that. Right. It'd be weird for him to 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 jettison that to be the mayor of uh, of New Bedford. But I would tell you that, given the vote he just got in the city and his, the legacy of his father, yeah, I think that. He is a candidate, potential candidate. Yeah. But I, but I also would say that going from being a member of the legislature with a private law practice to a full-time mayor with all the problems of being a mayor, which he knows oh, it, intimately. It's, it's, a, it's a Herculean task he'd be uh, undertaking. There's no question about it that. It really is. But again, you know, uh, it would be a son su succeeding a successful father who had been mayor in the city of New Bedford, who was quite popular at the time when he was mayor. And, and from there, you become a judge. Who knows? <laughs> hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Bye-bye. 508-996-0500. One more call before the break. Good evening. All right. I just have a question. What exactly does Ian Abreu believe in? Like, what exactly God, is Ian country in America. project? Wait, say that and one so, more time. What does he believe? so... You said, what does he I believe in? I'm just wondering... What exactly does Ian Abreu believe in? Like, I think Ian Abreu only believes in getting elected. I don't really understand what his political project in when you guys wanted to get someone on the air to say something about the migrant situation. I think you just heard crickets. Yeah, as far as I can tell, he true. hasn't stepped in on the sheriff's race, even though he's a Democrat. Um, to me, it seems like Ian Abreu doesn't have anything to say about anything other than just trying to be the most popular person in New Bedford and showing up at ribbon cuttings. So It's a pretty good strategy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, it seems like a great strategy. He's very popular on social media. He'll take walks through town talking about his memories, but I don't think he actually has any political courage to step out on anything. He seems like a weather vane to me and just wants to get elected. And I don't, I don't think, like, to give John Mitchell credit, He'll fight with firefighters on politically unpopular things where he yes. thinks their pensions don't make That's sense true. or something like that or closing down fire stations where he's got the data for it. Um, like John Mitchell will step out where 
he knows he'll take heat from folks that are going to vote or give him shit and all sorts of, excuse me, sorry, FCC, right, yeah. um, for all sorts of things that are that are politically unpopular for him. I never see Ian Avery do anything like that. So anyway, that's my take. I appreciate you guys. Have a good night. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, well, look, I would say Ian is a very cautious politician. Anything more than that, I would be, I would be giving him a position he might get nervous about. <laughs> I mean, I could tell you what I think, but he wouldn't like it. <laughs> I believe uh, he stands for this, that, and the other thing. But you would, you would not want me to do that, right? Yeah, it's true. No, that's true. Right? I mean, we, I could tell you what I think he thinks, but we, that would we got to take a break. That if wouldn't you, be fair to him. If you're on the line, please hold. We got to take a break. He's crafted an, an image that I think the the centerpiece. I wouldn't want to change. I got to take this break. New Bedford's News Talk Station. We, um, we were talking off the air. Yeah, so we were talking off the air. I mean, I think, you know, where Ian's um, excelled is his uh, constituent services. Yeah, I would say that like. Ian Abreu, and, and I will tell you this, that if someone calls me about something, I will tell them to call Ian Abreu. Yeah. Um, he's helped a lot of people get through the bureaucracy of the city. As for um, ideology and, and ideological positions, that's not what he does. It, it's not. He does constituent service. I would say that's the hallmark. You of might want to say, "Hey, you should do both those things." Right. But one is fraught with peril. One just gets you hosannas. Well, r right. If you do a lot of constituent service, you only build up voters. Yeah. You take a position on illegal aliens. You get a, you, you you anger people. I still don't like that nobody um, but Hugh Dunn gave a statement the day, but two days I later. I like that, he, but I, you know what? Something I like that Hugh took. I like the leadership that Hugh did position. it right. Yeah, and I guess by the way, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We got time for a few more calls. I guess that that was important that he did it right, mm -hmm. and um, the fact that nobody else did is on them. You know, I mean, the fact is, Hugh Hugh Dunn was true to his brand. I don't think anyone was surprised by what he said. So what we were what we were wondering is um, who's the next John Mitchell uh, candidate? Because we're talking about people that are well entrenched in New Bedford politics and elected office, right? And that includes you know Ian Abreu and Brian and Linda and so, all that. And, so but, years ago, when Fred Kalis was up for re-election, he had a big group of people running against him. Some of already elected officials. You had Scott Lang parachute in. Yeah. He was a longtime New Bedford guy, and he dominated that field. Is there a Scott Lang-type character out there? Yeah, and John Mitchell the same way. Tony, right. Tony Cabral, obviously, was a state rep for, you know, has been a state rep for 20, 30 years. And Linda years. was the city councilor, so, but he he won. 508-996-0500. Good evening. All right, I'm calling back in. Chris, yes. you really teased it like a radio pro that you are. But uh, but what do you think about Ian Avery? The people want to know. Wait, what? What, what's, what was the I question? Didn't hear, I didn't say anything. I'm sorry. Well, so I, I I called in a few minutes ago, and yes. Chris, you sort of teased it that you that you may have had an opinion about Ian Avery. <laughs> But you sort of you sort of bit your tongue at the end there and didn't really. Oh, oh no, 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 what no! What I was going to say is, him. I feel like I know how he stands on a lot of issues, but I'm not going to out him here on the radio about how I feel he stands on the issues. I don't think that would all be doing right, him any right, favors. All right, all right. So what you're saying is maybe maybe Ian Ian maybe has maybe has some strong opinions, but yes. maybe 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 doesn't choose to share those. 
Correct. In a, I would think in that's his, true. In, in, in his role as the, as the city council president, where he's elected to take positions on things? Well, no, I think when the positions come in front of him, he's forced to, right? They're all forced yeah, to. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I mean, again, the one thing you don't have as much of in this city council that you've had in years past is you don't have... Courage? What? Courage? <laughs> this guy's going to... Marcus, he's going to replace me. I love this caller. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's great. You want a job? Listen, yeah, come down. Marcus will see you on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, the... Um, no, no, but... but, but what you used to have in the past, and it, hey, it adds a lot of time, is you don't have counselors putting up questions on the floor to force everybody else to go on the record. Yeah, you don't yeah. have as much of that, but maybe you will in the next session. I, I, I mean, it's funny. It's like I tuned in a little bit on Zoom, you know, during the pandemic, and it's like there. Are, <laughs> I mean, everyone's barely awake in those meetings. <laughs> Hey, man, i got to take this break, but we appreciate the call. Thank you. We right, really appreciate you. the call. He's funny. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's a great caller. Why should you download?